Welcome to the Three Heads Podcast, Answers May Vary. Each week, we listen to your dilemmas and try to come up with workable solutions you can put into place to start improving your teaching life today. I'm Kate Harkins. And I'm Stephanie Handley. And today's dilemma is one that new teachers may be experiencing, teachers who have not yet even entered the classroom, but sometimes you can feel this when you go to a new school Mm. or when you start a new course. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you'll be able to find something relevant to your circumstances. So here's the dilemma. I'm expected to follow a district pacing guide and use this text book and it's got issues. <laughs> no, no teacher can relate to that, I'm sure. <laughs> or I don't love this textbook, but starting from scratch is a little bit daunting mm-hmm. or you can't even really start from scratch because you have to work within certain parameters. So how do you make this textbook, this curriculum work for you. And I think this, when Kate was listing the examples of times you might find this relevant, I know this was relevant for us when our district adopted a new textbook and we all had to go to trainings. It felt very much like, well, I owe it a shot. I should give it a try. And so we've gotten to adjust to two different textbooks. Well, three, (laughs) I guess, if you count AP, but that's different. So I think the first thing that is actually helpful is I, as our timing guru in this uh, collaborative pairing, (laughs) I like to use the pacing guide or textbook as a rough calendar. It is usually broken into units and that does give you some sort of structure to start with. But also just because it's printed in that order or in that unit doesn't mean you have to do it that way. Maybe there's a unit towards the end of the year that you actually think would work better at the beginning or vice versa. And so it's okay. I think especially at a school, if you're sharing novels or something like that, and you maybe need to make adjustments anyway. Maybe your school-wide writing calendar says you need to do a narrative at a certain point Mm -hmm. in the year. But I I think it's a rare situation where someone's checking to make sure that you are doing the textbook in the exact order that it's printed. I think using a pacing guide, if your district or school has a pacing guide or your textbook as a framework, Mm -hmm. it gives you a jumping off place. Maybe you want to spend more time on something or maybe you want to spend less time on something or maybe you want to Add in a few of your own things, but it's at least a starting place so you don't have just a blank screen. (laughs) Yes. And we'll say that about our own work sometimes where it's like, this isn't very good, but at least we threw something on paper to build Mm -hmm. off of. And so I think that it can serve as that skeleton for you. Absolutely. You can also pull a text from another unit, teach a text by itself outside of the unit. But if you if it's in your textbook, at least you and your students have access to it. So whether you intend to use that text in the way that the district or the publisher is asking you to, at least it gives you this common source of material that everyone will be able to access. I think there's a tendency to group things thematically. Mm-hmm. But most works don't have a single theme, especially more (laughs) lengthy works. And so you may feel like, oh, I think it would be better if we approached it in a different way. And like Stephanie said, you have access to that text. You don't have to teach it exactly the way it's outlined in the book or in your pacing guide. Now, one caveat to that is unless you've discussed it with your colleagues on your site, you don't want to pull from other grade levels curriculum. That's a real bummer when you go to teach a text and they're like, we did that last year, even though it's in your curriculum. I think when we switched to an online textbook, we could push out to students anything in that curriculum for any grade, but you 
want to be respectful of what is on other grade levels pacing guides. And I've heard, oh, you can go down, but don't go up. If you're going to go down, (laughs) make sure that somebody beneath you is not already teaching that because it's real hard to get students to read things multiple times. There's no value in reading a book. No, I know what happens. This is also what we've found a really helpful way to address lack of diversity in your curriculum. That's something our textbooks have always really struggled with. And I think something we're becoming more aware of as educators. But see if you're noticing a real lack of diversity in the units that you teach. Flip around. Is there anything else in there that you can use or pull Mm -hmm. from another unit? I know that what we did with our most recent um, adoption is they included suggestions of supplemental novels you could use for each unit. And so I think we were able to find some more diverse voices by accessing those lists while Mm -hmm. still working within the framework of our curriculum. Mm -hmm. And then we had one where we were like, this unit is ridiculous because they had tried to organize it by theme and the texts were fine. There was stuff that we could think of that we could do with it, but the theme of it was a joke. We were like, that's a stretch. Uh, I don't know why these texts are paired together. And okay, well, you still have the texts and maybe there's really good things to teach from them. Maybe you can come up with a better theme. I think we did that with, it was uh, Night by Elie Wiesel. And I think our unit had it under something that was like borderline offensive given the atrocities (laughs) of the Holocaust. And, And I I think we reframed it as why do we learn and care about what happens to other people? We wanted students to consider the value of learning about history. And we were still able to use a lot of the unit, but with a theme that we thought we were more able to work with. And I think also there's a tendency to say something is a theme that's actually a topic. Yes, Yes. (laughs) that's another podcast right there. (laughs) So make sure that you feel comfortable with the theme being a theme. So if you're looking at the theme and you say, I don't see that, or that's not a theme, then then don't teach it because if you don't believe in it, it's going to be hard to convince your students that there's Mm -hmm. value in that, which is really what you want to use the theme to do as a way to engage your Mm -hmm. students in the unit or in the material. And so if you're like, the book says this is the theme, (laughs) I don't buy it myself, that is going to come through your teaching and how you present to your students. You also might be able to combine units. I know we used to do this. Our previous textbook, based on the old California state standards, organized more skills-based. And so we would sometimes combine a couple units and teach all the skills at the beginning. And then that would give us different variety if we were like, we really like this story, but it comes from this unit. And so there's some flexibility in just how you arrange things that way as well. And it can also make it more engaging. I, I think there must be some sort of rule for textbook publishers where it's we have to have one really engaging text one sort of meh text <laughs> you know <laughs> and one that's a real drag <laughs> depending on what you're trying to do you might be able to cherry pick all of the really engaging yeah. texts especially the more reluctant your students are the yes. more you, you have to do that we fully understand I know for me, especially when we switched to the online textbook, I was so overwhelmed at just how many 
things they said to cover in a very short time. And it it was like, oh my goodness, how on earth am I going to get through all of this? But you don't have to get through all of this. And even they'll tell you that as well, I think. But you can look and see which ones actually make sense for me. Is this purposeful or is this just a weird box checking thing? Mm -hmm. Do I already do grammar a different way? But on the flip side of that, you should look at the materials. We've gotten some really cool ideas from like the bullet pointed random, if you have extra time activity that have actually been maybe more meaningful or purposeful than the Mm -hmm. quote unquote required activities. Yeah, I would say you want to go in with an open mind and anything could potentially be good, but that doesn't mean that it's all good. You may say, no, I don't really care for any of this and that's fine too, but definitely consider the suggestions. As we've spoken about before, we really like to begin with our end in mind and that can help you be discerning when you Mm -hmm. look at these things. There are oftentimes lots of really interesting, engaging, they're trying to pull in different, different disciplines and things like that. So it can be really, oh, that seems so cool. That would be so fun to do. But if you've begun with your end in mind, if it doesn't fit in, then if you have time for it, great, but it's not necessary. So you don't feel like you have to do it. Yeah. If you listen to our previous podcast about the first unit plan meeting, we talked about how we'll come to that meeting with some ideas. And it's helpful to flip through the textbook materials prior to that, because sometimes you do see a cool idea in there that will give you a spark you can build on as a team. But then it also, once you do pick that end in mind, that helps you then go back and sort through the good ideas and which ones are going to be the best fit for you. Absolutely. So let's say that you've gotten to the point where you've started to choose some of your texts and now you're like, okay, what am I going to do next? In that case, use the questions as a starting point. I think it's really nice to have a set of questions to start from. Even if you end up making a lot of changes, Mm. it is nice to not just have to come up with all the questions that you're going to ask for a text. I think there's a tendency for us to assume that we need to use the questions from the textbook and we need to use them as they are. And I think that's especially true when you're working by yourself. I feel like once you get a couple of of teachers together, especially English teachers, then we're all confident about (laughs) (laughs) You're right. These are terrible (laughs) questions. But when we're by ourselves, it seems really overwhelming to start from scratch myself. So I'm just going to use the questions. But they're often on the right track or they're good. But then you look at the answer key and you think, Nobody is going to answer that question based on the way that you worded it or... I wouldn't put this question here. They don't know enough to be able to answer it. So use it as your starting point, but freely and willingly edit those questions. And I think on almost the flip side of that is I think that there was an attitude I know on our site when we adopted the new textbook that people tried the first unit, said this is terrible and threw the whole thing out. And I think what we found was, okay, gosh, the people who wrote the book are really good at nonfiction and not great at fiction. And it was like they were obviously not literature teachers. And Mm -hmm. so it was like we would have missed out if we had just said, throw the whole textbook away. There were some parts that were better done than others. And so we were able to use some of the pieces better than others. Yeah, I would say a textbook doesn't get adopted that's completely 
worthless. Right. <laughs> it has to go through too many sort of checks and balances. But that's not to say that it's flawless. Right. So there's definitely going to be things that you need to do in order to facilitate yeah. <laughs> learning for your students. But I think also that is where your value mm-hmm. as the expert in your field comes. Your value, although sometimes it feels like your value is in... <laughs> Like doing things you did not go to school for. There are opportunities for you to show what you know as an English major and that sort of thing. So it's an opportunity for you to bring your subject matter expertise to the table. So don't feel like, oh, it's terrible. I don't want to use it. I'm getting rid of it. And I think there's oftentimes that we wear it as a badge of pride. Mm. I don't use the textbook. It's terrible. But you also don't have to be a soldier for the textbook either. Some sort of happy medium, but that's where your expertise comes in. Yeah. And just a few practical points with that. I don't know what it is, Kate. I'm sure there's been a psychological study on it. For some reason, if they have to copy it out of the book onto a sheet of paper, it's a disaster. But if you print the question on a worksheet or a Google Doc, Mm -hmm. somehow it comes out better. I don't know what it is, but there's something about (laughs) if you turn it into a worksheet, you turn it into a Google Doc, you embed it in a program like Actively Learn. This also allows you to edit the questions because a lot of times, sure, there are some that you just scrap altogether. But a lot of times it's an okay question. You just Mm -hmm. need to tweak it a little bit, Mm -hmm. or maybe you need to add in a scaffold or a helpful hint or something like that. Maybe you need to turn it into a multiple choice question and then Mm -hmm. it's something your students can do. And so I think that is a way to think through that. You also can use supplemental materials. I know that we've in the past used, maybe for our non-honors level students, we've used quiz questions as part of their guided reading questions. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's a really interesting discussion question that you can pull from. But when you're doing that, be mindful of what is on the internet because we've found that often if it's a a popular textbook, it's all over the internet. The teacher answer key is all over the internet. There's Mm -hmm. quizlets for it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so sometimes it's nice to throw in a few questions of your own just to require some sort of analysis from those crafty internet searchers. (laughs) So once you've done all of that, look at what you have. Do you have enough? to go off of? What parts of a unit are missing? Are there gaps you need to fill to help your particular set of students be successful? It's nice because that way you're not building a whole unit from scratch. Mm -hmm. You maybe have the the skeleton, you have the reading part of it handled, the test part of it handled, and you can supplement then with a video or an intro activity or something like that. I think that we have a tendency to become myopic. Oh, we are going to read this entire book from start to finish. And look at it with a critical eye. Do they need a break Mm -hmm. in the middle that is still related, but is going to be something that's a little bit low stakes or more high interest or something that gives them a chance to breathe? Mm -hmm. Take a look at that as well. So not just what is missing, but what is going to make this doable? I know for us, lots of times when we would do Julius Caesar, it would be like, okay, after act three, we're going to regroup. Uh (laughs) Some kind of artistic something or (laughs) multimedia something we got to get out of this. (laughs) And I think this is a place where you may 
be really frustrated. You're noticing that, again, that lack of diversity, a text that you just cannot make relevant to students. Mm -hmm. I know before we adopted the new textbook, we'd had that in our district for, gosh, like 20 years, something like that. So there was stuff stuff about technology that was no longer relevant. Students would have no idea what it was referring to. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's just a text you can replace or an article here and there that you can supplement instead of feeling like, oh my goodness, I need to create this whole unit from scratch. I think also on that same note, if there's something that you don't feel comfortable with, whether it's a cultural issue or it's an issue of acceptance or diversity or just something that makes you feel uncomfortable, because lots of the texts that we teach are probably texts you read when you were in school and your parents read when they were in school. (laughs) If there's something that you're just like, I just don't think that is something that I want to address today. And I think in the past few years that appropriately so, that has become really at the forefront. I know for us, it became at the forefront where it was like something that three years ago, I had no problem teaching. Now I'm like, Uh, I'm a little uncomfortable with this. (laughs) I think it behooves you to go to your administration librarian, your district Mm -hmm. curriculum specialist, and bring that up and say what your reasons are as to why you don't feel comfortable with it. Now, you don't want to get into something that is like nitpicky, right? but you want to be the advocate for your students in terms of what you are exposing them to, whether it's a text you believe in or you don't, your students are looking at you as Mm -hmm. though it's a text you believe in. And it might as well be you up there saying those things, even though we all as professionals may be saying, that's not me, that's the (laughs) author. That's not how the students are hearing it. So if it's something you don't feel comfortable with, and I think textbooks may be slow to change Mm -hmm. and it's unlikely that many of us have had textbook adoptions in the past couple of years that you bring that up and say, what could I substitute Mm -hmm. for this that is going to be more appropriate for my students? Yeah. And on that note, work with your school administrator, librarian to look at the supplemental texts that come with your textbook to bring something in that can be part of the core curriculum Mm -hmm. at your school so you don't have to feel like the cowboy who's like trying to find like shady PDFs and that kind of thing. But I think a lot of schools will work with you to try to bring that into more of the 2022, whatever year you're listening to this uh, context. (laughs) I think you as a teacher don't want to end up on your news. Your principal doesn't want to end up on the news. (laughs) Nobody wants to end up on the news. So that's definitely bringing about a conversation that we need to be having as teachers across the country. We need to be looking at some of our canonical texts and saying, this certainly has merit. Is it something that we need to be teaching in high school to every sophomore who comes through the door and be a little more mindful of that than maybe we have been in the past? Yeah. And I think that then as you build up your curriculum, I would say it's funny, you could look at our curriculum over the 14, 15 years and see this evolution from basically the textbook into Word document form. Mm -hmm. Into increasingly more and more of our own. And so when you're new to a course, you're a brand new teacher, you want to start where it feels less overwhelming. And then just as time goes by, you can pick different parts of units to start reworking 
and making more your own. And over time, you may barely be using the textbook, (laughs) but it at least gives you that starting framework to feel like you're not just completely drowning in things that need to be done and created and that sort of thing. I think there's merit in the text. There Mm -hmm. are good things in the textbook. There's good things in the curriculum. And then you, again, as the professional, come in and cherry pick what is most appropriate for your particular group of students, what is relevant to the world that we live Mm -hmm. in today. And that's where you get to, again, flex your muscle as the expert in the room. So we hope that you enjoyed listening to this podcast. We hope that something we said resonated with you, that you have something you can put into work in your classroom, something that you can take with you as you plan for your next year. If you have a dilemma that you'd like to talk to us about or you'd like to hear us talk about, as always, email us at hello at threeheads.works. If you haven't heard enough yet, go ahead, check out our YouTube video linked in the show notes. And if you want to be notified of our next upload, be sure to follow us. Thanks so much. Bye. Talk soon.